Hi, welcome back to the No Critics, No Success podcast. In this episode, we talk to a true trailblazer in their field, someone who has broken the mold. You know, that's what we're all about here. This person is Wales's first BME slash non-white general secretary for the Welsh Trade Union Congress, the TUC. For those that don't know, she is also the first Muslim TUC general secretary, Miss Shavana Taj. How's everything going? You good? How's your week been? Yeah, not bad. How are you? Uh, yeah, a bit mad. It's a bit crazy at the moment. I, I don't know what's yeah. happened. It's, everything's really busy, uh, which is surprising. I didn't expect that at all. I thought everything would be a lot quieter, a lot more kind of people would be a bit more chilled out and, you know, with the, with the recruitment mm. and with property stuff. But it's busy, really busy. It's probably the busiest been in a, in, a, in a few years, actually. So, yeah, how wow. things your end? Well, it's 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 been absolutely manic and insane since the since the start, really. Yeah. Um, I think that it's got. Um, I guess the difference at the moment is is that more people are actually uh, facing the prospect of redundancy, and more people are at risk. Um, I think the fact that you know government has extended furlough um, has helped, and and the fact that you know more different a range of different types of workers can um, access it is is better than before but yeah. a lot of companies now particularly in retail are starting to reorganize and rethink through exactly the model of their business and that's obviously going to affect workers so there's lots of anxiety in terms of what happens next and am i at risk am i not what are my rights at work so you know it's it it, it is it is pretty pretty busy in that sense but also i'd say that now that we are now that there's like this sense of hope because we know that there's going to be a vaccine there's also a range of different questions that we're getting from people who are saying you know is it going to be mandatory can my yeah. employer make me have a vaccine you know is that is that something that i've got to do what yeah. if my employer says to me if if you don't have a vaccine you can't carry on working where does that leave me yeah. so those are the types of questions that i'm getting at the moment so yeah, it sounds like you're having to deal with everything that, uh, and I know it's one of the questions that's, that's further down the line, but everything that yeah. a politician <laughs> and an employer and a trade unionist is going to have to deal with. It sounds like a lot yeah. to you. Um, yeah. And we'll go into yeah. it. But what I want to do is, um, I want I, I want you to kind of just give everybody an idea um, you know, what it is that, that you do uh, in as plain English as you can, or go as complicated as you can. I'm sure we've got some smart people out here. I might just be the dumbest one, but just just break down kind of what it is that you do because there's there's so many things that you touched on there, which are like really hot topics. And like obviously, I'm I'm a champagne socialist. I'm happy to admit that. I deal. I work in the private sector and I love it. But you know, obviously, I, I have those you know left leaning roots massively. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the people that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis are very, very, um, I wouldn't say they're right-wing. That's the wrong term. They're very conservative in, in how they mm. approach things. So a lot of the things you're saying there are kind of really hot topics. And some of the podcasts that, that, that we've done already, a lot of the people come from that private sector kind of mm. approach. So just give everybody an idea what it is that that, that you kind of do. Um, and, um, you know, you know, what, what your role kind of actually entails, because I don't think my introduction did you justice even slightly. So <laughs> probably best coming from a horse's mouth, as it were. Yeah, so um, I am the General Secretary of the uh, Wales TUC, which is the Welsh Trade Union Congress. Um, we have uh, 400,000 plus, uh, we represent 400,000 plus workers in Wales. Um, in terms of, and, and we have uh, 28 plus uh, trade unions uh, that are affiliated um, and we're kind of like the, the governing body, so to speak, and, and the range of different unions in lots of different sectors then sit underneath us. And I kind of head up 
the the Welsh side of of the trade unions in in Wales. So I'm the most uh, senior trade unionist in Wales. Um, and I would say in terms of what it is we do what our trade unions fundamentally it's about having an independent voice in the workplace it's about making sure that there is a better dynamic in terms of uh, what you're you always have the voice of the employer you always have the voice of the bosses yeah who represents the workers where is and you can have like Loads of people will will understand, you know, what a staff network is, for example, because in many workplaces now you will have like, you know, like a, a BME staff network or you'll have an LGBT or disability or equality or whatever. Yeah. But if you haven't got a union, all of the other stuff, for example, you know, whether it's health and safety in particular mm. or say you're a risk of redundancy, other than your local HR person, who is it that you would turn to? for yeah. help and that's what trade unions are there for and we're built on you know uh, trade unions are ultimately you know we only exist because there is a need for workers to be protected and to be respected in in the workplace but also because the same workers within these workplaces are, are then elected trade union representatives and they are the local voice in the workplace and as trade unions, we then support our reps to get them trained up so they can go in and negotiate on a collective basis, yeah. workers' terms and conditions and pay and so forth. So it's, it's about make, in, 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 a, in a really sort of simple way, I would say, it's about, it's about having an independent voice in the workplace to protect people's, working people's interests. That it's not it's 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 not always about the business interests, but where are the interests of the worker? Who protects the workers? Yeah. So you're not kind of obviously coming from private sector, um, and I know you know within within IT and within recruitment, you know, there I, I don't know what the trade union status is, to be honest with you. And it's probably something that, you know, I should have got my head around a long, long time ago. But I know that in those environments, in those kind of IT tech sectors, with, especially within recruitment, you know, you do rely on the, the mood and the kindness of the employer. I think because a lot of the workforce now is, is well, a lot of people are moving towards, you know, they, they, they're, they're moving towards kind of the IT sector, that sort of thing. Um, and they don't really know what their rights are, right? They, they're just kind of, especially in the games industry, I don't know. You probably read about this, but in the in the gaming industry, the the way mm. developers are treated, you know, chewed up and spat out, and you know, no no due process or anything yep. like that. They, yep. you know, it, it. I think a lot of people aren't aware. You know what I mean? The trade unions are there for them as well. I mean, is there anything in there just just for for, for the tech sector mm. itself? Well, actually, it's funny that you mentioned the tech sector because uh, that is the one sector where we have, even when across the globe, even in places, particularly. Um, the, the first sort of uh, parts of the world uh, where we've seen uh, trade unions being set up and, and the need for collective bargaining and support for, for workers in that sector has actually been in America. And that's started to trickle across to the UK as well. So we are seeing more people who work in the tech sector because of the fact that, as you say, you know, they go in, they're paid to do a job, they're paid, you know, a significant amount of money. But in terms of their health and safety in the workplace, you know, it's a case of we've given you the sum of money and we now have ownership over every single moment that you're, that you're breathing. So people are working around the clock and there is no break in between. So yeah. that sector, there are more people um, that have started to join trade unions because, you know, at the end of the day, this is about even if you are a person, you know, uh, an educated person who understands what the law says as far as. Um, legislation around workers' rights. The fact of the matter is, if you don't know how to access those rights and then act upon them in yeah. a way that protects your interests and is going to be done in a in a protective way, yeah. I mean, if you've never had a conflict at work, would you know any different? Yeah. And as far as you're concerned, HR is supposed to be there it's human resources, you know, they're there to make sure that the employer, you know, um, that, that you are protected at work. That's the impression that you're given, but that's not always necessarily the case because HR are ultimately there to 
protect the interests of the company or of the business too. So their wages are paid by the employer that they work for. So, you know, they aren't going to be, they're not independent in, in the way that trade unions are. Yeah, I think it's, it's a tough one. And, and hopefully some, some of those, because I get a lot of these questions, you know, um, I get asked this a lot, especially from people, you know, who've been in recruitment and, um, you know, who've been in the tech sector. So, you know, I, I'm using both of those because those are the two areas that I know the best. But they never really know where to turn. You know, if they have a bad employer, they just kind of go, right, they just buck it up and just move on, right? Mm. Rather than knowing what their rights are. You do get a few who do stand and fight. And, you know, I mean, 99% of the time they win. You know, one way or another, they do win. But it's it, it's it's always a question that I, that, that I get asked. And, you know, I can only give an opinion. So it's good that, that we're able to kind of give somebody give a bit more meat, you know, put a bit more meat on the bones there. Um, yeah. It's, it's a tough, I mean, you know, the you, thing what, is, what? is that if you haven't got, if, if you haven't got a, a recognized union, like that independent voice where you work, and if, if the company doesn't recognize the union, the, yeah. and, and you've never come across the union before, and you're yeah. being mistreated and so forth, more often than not, it's not until you've ended up in a disciplinary yeah. and you've lost your job yeah. or you've been threatened with the, lose, the loss of your job and you're now thinking, particularly if you're a contractor, you know, mm. you're relying on these references, yeah. you know? So what do you do, what, what do you do next? Your next thing, the only thing that you can really do is to go and see a solicitor. The yeah. solicitor is immediately, just for that first, you know, that first meeting, they're going to charge you a, a lot of money just for that one conversation. And then every single letter that they write for yeah. you, they're going to charge you again. So before yeah. you know it, you've paid out all this money before your hearing's even taken place. Yeah. But with a, with a trade union, it's, it's different in that. We, you, you're protected within the workplace. The trade union will do everything that it possibly can to make sure that first and foremost, that your rights are protected in the workplace. But if, yeah. if you were to be ever to be exploited or discriminated against, and you felt that, you know, you've um, done everything that you possibly can to go through the internal procedures to, you know, to go through your, uh, your grievance procedures and so forth. You, you're still protected all the way until court. So yeah. you get formal legal representation and you're covered in that way. So is that how you kind of got involved with the trade unions? You, you were doing a role and you were your trade union rep, and then you, you kind of worked it through it that way. What was your kind of your journey to the top, as it were? How did, how did that happen? So my dad was a trade unionist. Um, my dad worked in the Welsh Steelworks. Uh, he was a health and safety rep uh, growing up. Um, I saw my dad being on strike. Um, I, I knew what it was like when he was struggling. He always talked to us about social justice um, yeah. and the and the importance of standing up for your rights that was like fundamental yeah um growing up um i was um you know uh i must have been about 14 15 i was on my way into high school and i still actually have this leaflet and i got handed um a flyer that said um you may have seen um that the um bnp youth group is now being set up in this area because i went to state's high school right so yeah, i got yeah, given yeah. this flyer and it had a PO box number on there. And they, they said, oh, email us. And uh, not email us, write to us because there's a PO box number. And um, if you want to get active and you want to you want to do something in your local area, I wrote to them twice, didn't hear anything. But anyway, that was, kind of, I, I would say, at that time, we were seeing, you know, uh, more racism on the streets again. We were seeing, like, you know, all the name calling, you know, all of that kind of like in your face. You're talking stuff in the 90s type of thing. Yeah, this is in the 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, remember, so yeah. you know, like like in the early to mid 90s, this stuff was going on. Yeah. And um, things were tough. But then um, when Stephen Lawrence was murdered, when he was killed, um, I became much more politicized. And I went, I remember for the first time going to uh, the TUC set up, uh, the, TU, uh, the Stephen Lawrence Trust Task Force. And yeah. um, I went to a meeting at the TUC in London. I went down to London um, on a coach with a couple of friends. Yeah. That politicized me. Um, and then um, when 7-7 happened, nine, well, 9-11 actually first, 9-11 happened and I became much more politicized and 
during that time, um, I was back in 2002, there was, um, I had a choice. I was, I was in university. So I was always very active, like at a grassroots level, being like um, very involved in trying to uh, make sure that, you know, particularly when it came to BME women, when it came to the Muslim community, that people yeah. understood like what is stop, stop and search, what can actually happen. You know, um, at that time, if you remember, there was the shoot to kill policy. All of this stuff was going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you if you remember, um, I, I do. I, then, honestly, people people forget. Like, I I, people I don't know if it's a common. That, yeah, right? people forget Smart, it. it. Right, and and I have the same conversation with people. Like this is totally off topic, but the same conversation with people when they're like, "Oh, I can't believe the Tories are doing this," or "I can't believe that." And I was like, "You're my age, right? You must remember what they were like in the '80s." There's a reason, yeah. you know, they were vilified in the '80s because they have this, you know party-wide policy essentially that you know goes through everything um that they do you know and uh, but yeah i i do remember i and it's just bringing back memories now thinking about it how bad it was in the 90s you know where but you know what it is go... i think that when you go through that kind of childhood trauma because like yeah. you're a child at the time right you're a young person yeah. and you you either internalize it or you act out at the time yeah. and then you go through this period of supposed growth and then you learn to deal with situations in a different way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but back in 2002, um, I was uh, in uni, I was in UE in Bristol, um, and um, I was just doing my dissertation. Uh, and uh, funnily enough, my dissertation was um, on Islamophobia in the West, which was like the big thing at the time. Everyone was talking about Islamophobia, what does that mean? And all of this yeah. type of stuff. And uh, a friend of mine left a newspaper in my house, uh, in my flat at the time, uh, the Voice newspaper, and it was an advert oh, in yeah. there uh, for the TUC Organising Academy. And basically, the trade union movement at that time took a decision that they needed to actually change the face of trade unions. So they knew that uh, there was a real need for more diversity, more inclusion, uh, more representation, younger people, black people coming forward and so forth. So I applied for two jobs. I applied for a job at Bristol Council and I applied for a job, uh, applied for this TUC Organising Academy. Yeah. Um, there were interviews on both days. Uh, so I did the Bristol one. I took a train over to London, did that one. Um, but there was a whole process to get in or whatever. It was meant to be a one-year program. Um, and the rest is history because I ended up staying with them. Yeah. So up until, you know, from 2002 onwards, my role is, you know, changed and I and varied and what have you. I was That's based unusual. in London, Southeast for a really long time. That's so unusual. So that I, I started stays. off. Yeah, I know. A long time. It's, it's, it's years. mental, right? I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. But in a way, I think it 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 shows you the yeah. the difference in terms of who you work for, what you believe in, how that fits with you as an individual, but yeah. also as a union what are they like as an employer? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they were employing me. So unions, you know, as trade unions, we talk about dignity and respect. And we talk about equality and inclusion and all of this, right? Mm. But do we actually practice it ourselves? And I think the fact that I managed to, I, I've stayed in for that long as an employee even. Yeah. That's, that, that speaks volumes. That speaks growth. volumes. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. That, that 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 really says something. Do you know what I mean? And in between all of that time, like I started off as a, you know, I was like what, 25, 26, and I'm 44. You know, I've got two kids now. Yeah. <laughs> a lot has happened between then and now. Wow, yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't imagine it. Yeah, I think yeah, so. That's, but, we we talked about you know, obviously I think everybody understands that you know now what, what the TUC is there for. But you guys are very political as well. You know, you, you, you're very tied into the to the Labour Party. Mm. Um, I know you've you've been on TV a few times. You're a bit mm. of a superstar now in the Asian community. Um, what, would you say that your job is a political job? <laughs> so I'm actually supposed to be politically neutral. Okay. So in, in my current role, um, so the TUC is not affiliated to any political party um, no. and we are politically neutral. So in this role, um, I am I'm politically neutral, right? Because regardless of 
the color of government, yeah. we've got to work with them. Yeah. And we've got to try and negotiate the best policies, um, you know, the best practices for every single worker out there, right? So, but within the affiliated unions and the unions that are affiliated then to the TUC, yes, then of course you have that sort of political leaning and influence in that way. Okay, so, so we're different here in Wales because of the fact that we've got a Welsh Labour government that is committed to social partnership. And when I say social partnership, it means that on a regular basis, so on a fortnightly basis, we have meetings with government whereby, and it's, it's a group of us, so you have the Wales TUC and um, affiliates from our executive, from our general council on there. You have um, the CBI, FSB and the Chamber of, Chamber of Commerce. And you also have government officials as well as the, 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 the various different commissioners here in Wales as well. So in terms of our approach to how we deal with policymaking, how we deal with decisions that need to be taken, they are um, you know, in a, in a very unique and different way to the yeah. way the things are done in England. And I guess that wouldn't happen because all you have to do is, is to look at England and they don't have those arrangements. Even in Scotland, where you have got a devolved, you know, uh, you know, you've got a devolved government, you've got SNP in power, they still do not have the exact sorts of arrangements as we have. Yes, the relationship is better. Tra the, the, S the Scottish Trade Union Congress and the, the unions there, their relationship is much, I would say, is different to, to England's. However, it's here in Wales, it is completely different. It is very unique. In, in the way that we formally operate. It's almost like you, you guys are like a fabric of Welsh culture, you know, for you to be at that level with the Welsh government, yeah. you know, it, it's part of the culture, you know, even going yeah. back to, you know, the 19th century and, you know, Lloyd George and, and, and all of these guys, they, they were so, mm. they were so tied into the people, right? I mean, that's what we're saying, essentially, the workers, um, you know, yes. uh, it, they were so tied in. And that's what I suppose Labour grew out of, right, was representing the workers, um, it, you know, mm. in this form of government. So mm. the fact that, that the Welsh government is doing that is it, it speaks volumes. And I wasn't even aware of that, to be honest with you. And I've, you know, I've, I've done a degree in, in politics and international law. And obviously, British politics is, is a big part of that. Um, and I wasn't aware that the, 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 the Welsh Trade Union were, were yeah. so closely tied in. So that is uh, very interesting. Yeah, we just cross over. I just uh -huh. want to take a slight left yeah. turn in terms of questions. I noticed that all the, the top trade union positions in Scotland, Ireland, Wales and GB are now in the hands of women. Now, was this a coordinated decision yeah. or a happy coincidence? Because it's it's unusual to to, to see that. Uh, it was definitely a happy coincidence. It yeah. is. It it is. It is. I think it, it was a happy coincidence, but nonetheless a, a really good one, um, yeah. because the fact that we've ended up in this global pandemic, and you've got women in these roles, I think it. And and when we particularly as unions. When unions talk about equality, they talk about dignity, we talk about respect, we talk about solidarity. Yeah. Traditionally, the face of trade unions have always tended, mostly tended yeah. to be older white men. Yes. So this is like a full, like 360 away from, from the, the face of, you know, of what is classed as traditional trade unionism. Yeah. Massively. Um, where, how I grew up, where I come from, my roots and everything, for me yeah. to get to this point, pretty incredible. And sometimes yeah. you're kind of like, but equally, you know, it's, it's a very big responsibility. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. massively. massively. It's, a, yeah. it's a massive responsibility. It's huge, right? But it like, also speaks volumes, me, I think. Yeah, every on, single, for me, every single person in Wales, every single working person in Wales and every single person that's looking to get a job and to get into work, everything that I try and push for, or you know, and I'm a part of a big collective of voices of trade unions that are trying to push for change, trying to make you know improvements 
um, yeah. when it comes to you know social security in this country, when it comes to sick pay, when it comes to holiday pay, when it comes to people's contracts, all of these type pay, all of these things, it's, it's so important, you know, and it, for me, it, it is about justice and it is about creating a, a better, more equitable Wales where we can all come up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's a, you know, there's like a, whether it's the Welsh government talking about building back better or whether it's Johnson talking about levelling up, to yeah. have somebody who looks like me in this role at a time like this, <laughs> you know, you've really got to like step it up a good few notches. Yeah. You know, I think I think it really does. But that's speak where your volume. life experiences count. Yeah, and and I think it's it also speaks volumes for the progression and the progress that's been made within the British political system. That even though obviously the trade union movement is, sure. uh, you know, apolitical. To, to a certain extent, you know, the fact that yeah. this can happen within an employer, you know, uh, within such a high profile role, I think is amazing, you know. Um, and I think that, you know, even with, with a lot of the big issues, and I want to touch on one of them in my next question now, that the TUC is facing at the moment, I think, you know, it, it has always been, you know, it's always been the, the, the stalwart of, uh, kind of uh, justice and trying to be on the right side of history always, um, and I think you know mm. that uh, the, yeah. the fact that it's in this day and age, you know, we we shouldn't have to say you know it's so progressive because there's a Muslim woman in in position, but I think we have to say yeah. that because even in this day and age, even though we're in the 21st century, you know, it's you know we're in the 20s of the 21st century, it's there's so many things that every time we take a global foot, you know, or two steps forward, we tend to take, you know, another step back in certain things. And, you know, and I'll, I'll just allude to, you know, the, the strong arm politics of Trumpism and people in, in you know, in, 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 like Duarte and some of these, you know, oligarchs in the Middle East and, and what have you as well. So it is good, you know, and it, it, it is, it is progressive. But just coming back to the trade union and and workers in the in the UK, um, how do you think Brexit's going to kind of impact that, or how is how are you finding Brexit right now, and how is that impacting workers in Wales right now? You know, before COVID nineteen, the only thing that we spoke about was Brexit yeah. and what that was going to mean, and the fact in Wales in particular, we are so heavily reliant on. Um, funding from the EU and in terms of trade it is you know our biggest partner and um, and also from a trade union perspective a lot of our sort of employment rights are intertwined with you know the European Court of Human Rights and Justice and so forth and the anxiety and the worry that having a conservative government that is um not not progressive in yes. the way that we would like for them to be yes means that it causes extreme anxiety for people yeah and when you have um when you've got people in position of power and when i say positions of power people in, in positions who get to set the law in this country yeah. who get to decide on which policies we must all adhere to as ordinary citizens. It's really scary. It's a scary thought. Yeah. But we always, the worry was always those companies that said very openly that we're not going to be able to continue to exist if we don't get a deal with Europe. Yeah. Now, very interesting. Uh, going forward, and we've changed, seen the change of government in the United States of America. Um, you've now got a person who is saying very clearly they expect a deal with Europe and they want to protect the Good Friday Agreement. So I think that the, in terms of the direction of travel is a little, is it's very different now. Yeah. So over the next so many weeks, it's going to be interesting to see what comes from the youth government, but you know, all of the issues around border control, you know, immigration, what does that mean? How will that work? 
Yeah. You know, is th there's a lot of concerns, a lot of questions, and there's going to be a point now where, because of the economic recession that you know that's already started, right? Yeah. And the fact that because of COVID-19, some sectors have to shut down, there's all these changes. I think there's going to be a bit of blurred lines as well, because there would have been those companies that were already thinking about exiting or yeah. making changes because of the uncertainty around Brexit. Yeah. But now COVID has added to them and it's kind of like a no brainer for them to just go, yeah, we're just going to move our you know, head office or we're going to move jobs elsewhere. There's, there's also, there's also the, the other stuff around automation and AI. Or what does yeah. that mean in terms of the workplace, in terms of jobs? Yes. You know, there's all of that stuff as well that we haven't really started to kind of um, understand. But, you know, like with more people working from home, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're getting more people reporting in about the fact that they are, they, they feel like they're aliens. And it's a case of you're working from home and therefore how many hours are people clocking up? What are they doing and what's going on? Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot more of that kind of focus. Yeah. And even I'm sure like even, you know, the within recruitment, like right. we found that many companies are now starting to use, you know, AI and automation as a means to even decide on who the best candidate is before yeah. they've even decided to interview the person. So yeah. there's, there's all kinds of tech stuff that, that, that is uh, working in the background, but for the ordinary person yeah. that doesn't understand, you know, why, why should they even need to understand? Like we, at this moment in time, like we talk about, we're still trying to fight for name blind recruitment. But as yeah. far as the recruitment procedures and structures are concerned, some of that is already starting to go anyway because they've moved into automation. They're yeah. looking at people's accents. They're looking at other stuff before they've even had a chat with you. Oh, massively. And I mean, you know? it's... It's it's, a, it's something I think... that I touched on um, with uh, one of our other uh, guests, uh, who's a, who's a recruitment director, and you know, and I said, you know, what are your thoughts on on this whole sort of thing? Where, uh, well, it, it's racism, isn't it? You know, it, it it does come into it, right? And it's mm. where the 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 wrong name on the right CV can can make that the wrong CV, right? The wrong accent in the interview can make that profile wrong, you know. Yeah. And, and using AI to to basically enforce their prejudices so they can build the culture they want in yeah. their businesses. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is a massive problem there. I think, speaking from the recruitment perspective, yeah. as much as they use AI, as much as these companies want to, I think the reality is, and I think you're a perfect example of it, the cream will always rise to the top. But I just, mm. I just know. Yeah, there needs to be some regulation we... around this now. See, that's yeah. what my anxiety is. You know, it's going to be, a and that's the anxiety that, that that many of us have because we've been doing some work into. Um, so the TUC has recently uh, launched <coughs> a a new task force actually to look at specifically at the creeping role of artificial intelligence in managing people at work. Nice and. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that sort of task force group kind of like looks at this, but our, we've done some initial work. So mm. we've, we've released this report called um, technology and managing people and the worker experience. And that in itself is like, for example, we found that one in seven people are saying that monitoring and surveillance of workers increased since COVID-19. The six in 10 workers are saying that unless they're carefully regulating Using technology to make decisions about people at work could increase unfair treatment in the workplace. The fewer than one in three say they, they've been consulted when the new forms of technologies are actually introduced. And actually, more than half of workers are saying that introducing new technologies to monitor the workplace damages actually trust between workers and employers. Now, given that this industry, you know, AI recruitment market is a is as I understand, is being forecasted to be like worth nearly 400 million by 2027. Yeah. The, the reality is, is that the, the use of AI to manage people, you know, to use that as a tool to manage people in the workplace is going gonna, is gonna to be, it has potential to go everywhere and anywhere. So if we don't actually start looking at this from a, from a, a worker perspective, and not just from a business perspective and how the business can benefit, but yeah. how, as you say, could end up damaging, then, you know, I think that we'll end up in a really 
difficult space. So it is important. Like so, so when it comes to like the TUC, when it comes to the trade union movement, it's just like um, you know uh, when people talk about a, a just transition, a green transition. Well, those things can't really happen unless workers have a voice at the table because workers know their environment. They know how you can make all of those changes more than anyone else would. Yeah. You know, they, they have really good ideas. But more often than not, pe- the people who work in the industry, it's not necessary that, you know, their managers have all the answers. You know, they, they, they can be a part of that sort of journey. So I think even in this sort of environment now, it is really important for us to be thinking ahead a little bit in terms of what a new world of work is going to look like, what some of those challenges are going to be, you know. So, so we're doing a lot of work in, in that sort of space, as well as still trying to protect people in the workplace, make sure that, you know, when it comes to um, their health and safety, um, you know, that they are being, you know, properly protected at work as well. You know, or, or you know, there's been a lot of people, but a lot of people, they can't, like working from home has been a luxury, but for key yeah. workers, for people, you know, for people who work on the front line, they've had to carry on working. So we're dealing with those issues. Yeah. But we're also looking at the future and what we need to do in order to be prepared so that we can protect the ordinary workers' interests in that future world of work. There's, there's so much going on right now, um, Shav. There's so much going on. And, and, and these, these topics you're raising, you know, it's sometimes, it, it's, it's caught me off guard. I didn't realise there were, there, were, there were these many sort of issues that, that were going on. And there's so much that you guys are doing right now. And you seem really passionate about it. And, it, and I just, I keep coming back to the same thing is you don't see that passion in most day-to-day jobs, right? Unless you're a business owner, because um, I do find that level of passion in business owners yeah. because it's, it's their baby, right? It's whatever. Um, or, you know, yeah. people who are heavily into yeah. that industry, you don't see it. So it, it just, what's on the cards for yourself in the next sort of couple of years? Because for me, it just seems like a natural progression for you to, to move into politics. And we need representation because I, like, I'm like i a Labour Party member and I'm, I'm happy to say that and I may get shot down for this. Um, but, you know, I, I don't believe in Wales that we're represented at any level. Uh, uh, being from, 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 first and foremost, from a BAME perspective, you know, I don't think we're represented as well as we should be. And for me to have somebody like you, whether it's regional, national, local, whatever, involved in the political system heavily, or I mean, I'm sure you're involved in it through the TUC, but being a representative, I mean, it just it just seems like it's, it's a no brainer. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And we can edit this part out if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to give that out as well. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> What are your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, is, is politics on the cards? I mean, is that something that you've ever thought about? Um, look, I've, I have never really thought about it until probably maybe a year or so ago. Yeah. Maybe a little longer than that. I, I'm still, uh, um, I think that when you go into that sort of space, I mean, Let's just just give the one example. Look at Vaughan Gethin, right? Yeah. He is a, a black man. He's a minister. He's a health minister. Yeah. Now, I look at Vaughan, and I've even said it to him. Like, it must be so lonely for you to be in that position. Yeah. Now, I might be the first woman, um, you know, the, the first BME woman, the first Muslim woman in this role here. Yeah. But there are other BME people in the trade union movement who I can speak to and you know, I still, my, my position is in such a way that I can seek support in other spaces. But when you are in that kind of space, and if you do not have a support circle around you, it's not a group of you really. So like when you look at the likes of Diane Abbott and you look at the politicians, other black politicians that have come forward, and I, when I say, I mean, in the political sort of uh, wider sense of yeah. Me, me people yeah yeah when you look at england it's very different but here in wales you know i i like i if it's going to happen it would be really good i i i, I kind of feel like when diane and other people and uh, came forward you know don butler you know even other 
people in other political parties and stuff, I guess the difference was a lot of people, a lot even Dan and others, they came in through Operation Black Vote. So there was a structure yeah. before they, they went through a process. They were being prepared and they were being, you know, in readiness for yeah. for that next step. But we don't have anything like that here. So even it say forget me, put me aside, yeah. right? But for every other person out there that's considering this possibility, yeah. do they feel comfortable enough to even take that initial step? And I would say to anyone, if you're going to go down that route, first and foremost, join a trade union, join yeah. a trade union and get active in the union. And I say that because one of the things that you will learn, you'll learn what it is to be political. You'll learn what it is to be in conflict, but also in negotiation and being able to compromise. And you will also learn the skill set in terms of representing people. So yeah. when somebody comes to you with a complex problem or a case, you will have gone through a process of training in order to be able to represent a wide range of complex cases and deal with real life experiences. And sometimes I think people go into politics thinking that, oh, it's, it's a nice thing to do. You know, I, I'm just going to represent my local area. And yeah. then they realize that actually people have, you know, you're knocking on these doors and these people that you represent, they've I'm got really complex issues. needs. Yes. And if you've never dealt with this before, you're like, how do I deal yeah. with it? Massively. So, um, yeah, never say never, say never you know. But um, at this moment in time, I'm like, like I say, I love what I do in a privileged position to, to do that. Yeah. And if I was to ever go go into that kind of role, uh, role and consider something like that, first and foremost, there'd have to be an opportunity. Yeah. And Cardiff is my home city. I was born and bred here. Yeah. And I would, if I was to do that, I'd want to represent my home city. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 100%. Otherwise, it, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I think it's really important from a personal perspective that if you're going to stand in a position, whether it's a council level, Senate, Parliament, that you represent your community and that you have a connection to the people that live there. You, your community is the people around you. If you don't know your area and you're going to be transported into that area, I think that's very unfair, personally, anyway. As is said and is the crux of all hip-hop, drill, all types of urban music, you have to keep it real and you can't represent Absolutely. somewhere else. You just can't. It's just it just boggles me, right? So so two yeah. things I there's two things I yeah. want to say because you raised so many good points. I, I love it, right? So first and foremost, just keeping it real. I found out that my uh that the the, the, the area that I live in in um, in Cardiff, um, that they try to bring in councillors from outside of the area for the Labour Party um, to try and win mm. an election because nobody within the local area was standing. One person stood, he won the vote, and the Lib Dems won the rest, um, even though the Lib Dems have caused a lot of problems here. I won't go into that in this podcast. Um, mm. And mm. so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking to get involved in that, you know, on a council level and, and what have you. But it just it boggled my mind that they would never do that because Fabulous. nobody around here would want to do that. The second thing, you said about about Vaughan and you said, look, you know, I wonder, you know, how lonely this this person is, you know, just using Vaughan as an example, the only BME person, you know, mm. male or female in that position. That is exactly why I never really got involved. Like I've been heavily involved in politics since probably what I was like 16, 17. I studied it, you know, for a long mm. time. And, you know, mm. it was it was always something yeah. there, you know, politics. And then it tends to get tied in on global level religion as well. But the reason I never mm. got involved mm. is because there was nobody there. It's like, you know, if you, you don't go somewhere where you don't know anybody or nobody there is like you, you know, it's, it's almost like mm. as a child, you wouldn't mm. go to another school's disco, right? You don't know anybody there. You've got nobody, you got nobody on that. On the so, yeah, exactly. And, and that is why I never yeah. off. But then, and, and I, I'm, I'm being honest about this. When, when Corbyn, you know, was, they were saying, oh, we're going to start hiring this guy to potentially get involved in the party. And I think a couple of the Labour MPs did yeah. it as a joke. Um, Sadiq Khan in particular. Yeah. Um, I was like, I was like, this guy seems pretty cool. And he's 
this guy does what? This, you know what I mean? He just seems so earnest. Now there've been issues and and yeah. and things, and I don't like being out of power. Like I said, I'm a champagne socialist. I want to be in power, and if that's through Kiev, yeah. great. So we can implement the the policies of you know the left and take care of those who need it and what have you, and and be friends of business at the same time. Great. You know that's that's a separate conversation, mm. which I. I'm not going to get into, <laughs> but I think it's, <laughs> that's it's, a whole nother conversation. <laughs> oh, that is, yeah. I mean, so many podcasts in there, but it's <clears throat> you're right. You know, the, the the fact that you know they had Operation Black Moat in the '80s, you know, where it was organised and you know it transcended that. The reality is, I don't think we're going to have that in Wales at the moment because we don't have a BME leader. We don't have somebody saying, right, okay, we need to be politicised. We need to do this. We've got so many articulate, uh, successful, amazing women and men, you know what I mean, who do phenomenal in politics, right? But they just, we, we have, it's almost like we have the same problems that every leftist movement has in every Western nation, that I find. They're, we're always split. You know, it's a split between our vote is always split with the with the Lib Dems or the Greens, and the right always have you know their unified movement. We always seem to be split, and it's it's the same thing here. You know, we're we're not unified. We don't have you know as let we don't even need a single voice person per se. We just need you know like a unit. You know, like like you said, Operation Black Vote. That just that rings so many bells, and it's so true. You know, how do we? organize ourselves so we're represented cardiff has 55 percent of the i i worked this out the mm. other day actually 55 percent of the welsh the entire welsh bme community live in and around wales so uh, in and around cardiff mm. that's cardiff newport mm. philly 55 percent mm. and our representation at council level is poor at best uh abysmal at at, um, at a national well, level. a cabinet level. Oh, forget about it. A cabinet level, a Cardiff Council cabinet level. What is it? We got. Is there? Is there one person or something da, in the cabinet? Dan, I Dan think? Dieth. Dan Dieth. He's he's Labour, isn't he? Is Dan Dan is yeah, but he's not a, in terms of the cabinet itself. Okay. I don't know if Dan's in the cabinet. Okay. But you know, uh, I mean, in terms of look. The fact of the matter is, is that, as you say, look, very simply, there's few and far between. There's no yeah. women. Yeah. No female BME women councillors. There's, there's, we don't have that representation at all, do we? No. You know, we don't have that representation. So I think that, you know, what I, what I have seen, particularly during the, uh, the period where we were having uh, Black Lives Matter protests and people were coming out on the streets. Yes. And we saw lots of young people, right? Very articulate, you know, some people may have seen them as angry, angry young black people. I'm yeah. like, I'm seeing articulate young people, right? Yes. I, could, I could see myself in them. Yeah. You know, you think of yourself as a younger person. Oh, yeah. And you know that, that you, you feel as if you're watching yourself, right? Yeah. It's like one of those moments. And I and I and I've done my best to try and reach out to some of these people and to try and like mentor informally because I don't think that everything has to be in a formal sense but to be like a a supportive voice, you know, to yeah. to people and I'm like what do you want to do? Like what are your interests? Like what do you want to do? How do you is there anything that I can do to help you develop those skills? You know, yeah. is there someone that I can help you network into? Because, you know, particularly when it comes to uh, BME people in Wales, and, and as you say, that all oh, well, you know, this is where we all are and stuff. Yeah. But like, for me, it's really important that when you get to, a, you know, a particular position, that you don't pull up the ladder behind you. Yeah. And actually, I don't want to be the first and last, and I don't want to be the only person. I want to have lots of people around me. But we know? don't have that. I we want we this don't to have be, that. I want this to be completely normal for my children. I yeah. don't want them to have to even think that they've got to do this and that. Because it's hard enough being black. It's hard enough being a BME person. It's hard enough being yeah. a person of colour as it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 
So having these hurdles that continue to exist, but now young people, you know, that they're, they're tired of waiting and it's going to be, I'm saying to people, you know, like I say, get involved in your, join your trade union, get involved, get active, prepare yourself. Yeah. And you know what? When an opportunity comes up for council elections in particular, like go for it, stand, yeah. stand for the win or positions. lose. Yeah, win or lose. Because the plan so much is to represent your local, your area, you know? Yeah. I think this is it. The it's, other thing it's, I'm it's seeing. Through it, but I want people to be prepared, though. You know, you've got to be active and you've got to be ready for it because you may not get all the support that you need. Yeah. So we, you got to be that standout candidate, right? Everybody who's listening understands, you know, where they sit, you know, and and I, like I said, I, you know, I represent a lot of people, or I speak to a lot of people within the IT industry, and I don't think many of them are, are, are part of a trade union. So, I mean, where can our listeners kind of connect with you or with the TUC online? Where, where would their first port of call be? Is there a, is there a website or anything like that? And I'll, I'll put it in the description as well. So, you know, go onto our website. Um, you can find a, a, a join the trade union tool. So they'll be give you a list of it. You, you drop in what sector you work in. It'll give you the various options of the various unions you can join. On the website, there's loads of additional, inf- you know, free information about your rights at work, how you can access them. We do loads of like online events, especially now that people can link into and join and watch and kind of learn from as well. So there's yeah. loads of information on, on our website. You know, so the information is out there. And I, you know, honestly, like I would encourage um, everyone to be a, a, a member of, of a trade union and, you know, within my family alone. I think that's pretty much, we, we've covered everything now. Is there anything else that you, you kind of wanted to talk about or, or mention? Uh, not really. I, I think we've, I think we've covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we have. We've, uh, <laughs> I think we've covered everything uh, uh, and the kitchen sink. Um yeah, so I just wanted to say uh, thank you uh, to, to to Shav um, taking the time out to record this podcast with us today. Uh, hopefully everybody's enjoyed it. Please like, comment, subscribe, uh, share this podcast. Uh, hopefully it will uh, sh- give you a whole bunch of information that you didn't have before. Uh, excuse the poor grammar. Uh, I had too many coffees today. Uh, but yeah. Uh, hopefully you know what I mean everybody you enjoyed it if you'd like me or if there's any topics that you want me to cover any type of people that you'd like me to talk to please let me know Uh, our next podcast will be out on a Tuesday the second week of January okay guys so hopefully uh, you'll like what we have coming up next Uh, some teasers and so forth will be in the pipeline cheers bye